five more microphones. Do we? Yeah. Maybe we okay. can. We're growing, baby. Five? Amen. Let's claim it. Five more microphones. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I'll just call my dad. I'm sure he's probably got five old microphones. Yeah, we could do the same marketplace. I did ask him if he had any extra furniture or something. Okay. So we know you're ready, Todd. All right, folks. The microphones are open for Afterglow. If anybody wants to talk about the sermon or fight about the sermon... Or whatever. Talk about something else, burning desires. We're not, you know, no expectations. One of the most amazing things about this book is it is so straightforward. And I've heard circuitous preachers preach around to saying it justifies works. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't believe how successful people are reading their own prejudices into the scriptures. But I I love this book, particularly in the original, well, in the point A, because I don't know if it's later on where Paul says, if if, uh, circumcision makes you a Christian, Tell those guys to go all the way and be castrated. Yeah, no, it's uh, three yeah. later in the book. He does. Yeah, and that's exactly what it says in the original yeah. language, which the King James Version is. So, I mean, most people say, no, it doesn't say that. But that's exactly what Paul said. And this version says, cut themselves off. <laughs> yeah, which is not near as graphic as... I think Paul was a feisty old dude. And, yeah. And... Um, Again, it gets me angry to see how many people constantly worm it back into, uh, no, you've got to do all these good works and you have to contribute this amount of money. All the tithe uh, sermons I've heard, I'm so sick of that. I give more than 100%. I don't necessarily give it to a church or to a building. You and I have talked about this before. What should the church, I think this is a, a broadcast on the web, is far more pleasing to God than uh, I'm a member at a church downtown that has gold leaf in the ceiling. <laughs> now, is that gold leaf pleasing to God? Hell no. But it sure is pleasing to all the people that sit there very comfortably in that church and say, oh, we're Christian. You know, if, uh, and one of the old uh, revivalists, Billy Sunday, I'll, I talk too much, so I'll shut up after this. Said something very real. He said, "If if going to church every Sunday makes you a Christian, does standing in your garage overnight make you a car?" <laughs> <laughs> and that guy, I mean, he was one of the most manipulative preachers ever. I know I have a leather-bound book by him. That's yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have a lot of leather-bound books for some reason. I have one by him. Got a question? Yeah. Um, when you hit your favorite favorite part there at the end about how there, there's unity, we don't see each other with division. It, it talks about how not just because we're human that we have that unity, but because of our union with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, so then that's when it start for me starts to get into what religion is. What does it mean to have to be in union with Jesus Christ that draws us together? Because then that means that people who aren't in unity with Jesus Christ aren't in unity with us. Right. That creates the us versus them mentality. I think it's so rapid. What's your take on that? 
I think we're all Christians. We're all under God's grace. And we're all united through Christ. So nothing required on our part? I don't think so. I just think some of us know it and some of us don't. I think that's an easy verse to, to project onto. To say, you know, if you're if you're looking for it to say that we're all included, it's easy to do that. If you're looking for it to say that there's exclusivism, you know, or there's like a requirement, it's easy to do that. Well, and Paul may have meant there was. Yeah, maybe he did. That there was a separation. Yeah. There. But but at the end of the day, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sleep at night comfortably thinking that people are excluded because of you know preferences, cultures, I, you know ideologies. Maybe because of hate. Like, you can make an argument that hateful people are out and loving people are in, I guess. But then, like, that's still creating, like you said, a division and us versus them sort of thing. And, and, and then you have to define, well, you have to define the terms, oh, this person's evil, this person's good, or whatever. And I just, I think this is kind of what you're driving at, Jay, is like, I, I just, I can't read that and still call myself a Christian if I think that the, the prerequisite for being in with God or in with love is having said the sinner's prayer or going to church or whatever it is. And there's times where I'm, I, 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 I've been tempted to leave the faith because of an exclusive feeling. You know? But I keep getting pulled back in by these ideas of grace and mercy and love. And so I'm grabbing onto those ideas and, and holding those close to me. And does that mean that Jesus is inside my heart? I don't know. I hope it does. But those ideas are what I, I embrace. And, um, you know, Paul doesn't like, I mean, Paul, James doesn't like doubt. You know, in the book of James, he says it's like a ship being tossed in the sea, you know. But I doubt. And I thank God for Thomas who doubted. You know, because he wanted proof. And sometimes we feel like we need proof. You know, it's a complicated book. It's not a book, of, it's not a law book. That's what I keep in mind. It's not a law book. It's not like, let me go here and see, you know. It's it's letters uh, and poems and different things collected together over time. And uh, we're having to make sense out. Because when you start to realize, when for me, when realizing how the Bible was put together at first, really shook my foundation. Because I thought it was just like handed down from God. You know, here it is, <laughs> complete. You know, I didn't realize all the councils and groups and things. And, oh, this book almost made it in, this book didn't. And, you know, uh, Luther called James the epistle of straw, you know, and thought it should be left out. And, it's, it's complicated, and uh, I keep coming back to love. First Corinthians 13 really drives me. Love your is up, you know, faith, it's always hopeful, and there's certain circumstances, three things we're making. Excuse me. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, saying that love is greater than our faith, and greater than our hope, really gets me excited. So I kind of override some of these those things because even as I've read it I was like yeah sometimes this is a little exclusive is it just us Christians that are one in Christ you know but um, but as I try to put on the eyes of Christ 
I see we all are equal. So, you know, that's, I'm sure a great theologian or someone like my buddy Pete could articulate it a little bit better. But that's where I'm coming from. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine now dead was Kosuki Koyama. His title was Professor Emeritus of Ecumenical Studies from Union Theological New York. Okay. Now, you could not meet a man that was more inclusive of all religions, and he found that out when he was sent by the Presbyterian Church to go to Thailand to open up a liberal theological seminary. And he met with the Queen of Thailand. <laughs> and she said, and Mr. Kosuki, why are you here? He said, well, I'm here to bring the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we need to come to him to be saved. And she said, oh, that's interesting. That message is 2,000 years old. Our theologies are 5,000 years old. <laughs> yeah. And there's that. And, and it struck him, and it moved him. He wrote a book called Water Buffalo Theology, which said, we, we buy the language and forget the meaning of the gospel. Uh, so Christ is partially language. It's language. Maybe there is Christ in. Uh, well, it's his. It was his thing and my thing. Now that Christ is in all of these religions, or the living God, or the inclusive God, and I can think of nothing more embarrassing than having somebody that loves me, regardless of what I've done and who I am. I've done some very bad things, and the message here in Galatians. It's like, whoa. Well, he's a little nutty, but I'll accept that love. Yeah. So, yeah. And all of these giant institutions that are just entrapping people, you know. They're binding up people in the so-called, you know, well, conservative Christian but they're also mobilizing a hell of a lot of people to do a lot of really good things in the world too. So I got to speak up for that. I'm with you, but yeah, yeah. No, you can argue too that there's a lot of great people in Hollywood doing the same thing. A lot of people, movie stars and stuff, doing great, great work, giving thousands and millions of dollars to charity. And it can be easy, this is, I think you even touched on this point, it can be easy to demonize the other, even in, in our insular, kind of progressive yeah. Christian yep. world, it can be easy to, to demonize the the evangelical or the conservative. And, and I know, Jay, you and I have a similar past, like with our, with our uh, immediate family members being conservative, and and I think that's kind of a blessing because it makes it easier to see that perspective and, and, and love those people and appreciate that because, you know, my parents are, are super conservative. And so that's kind of a blessing because... Otherwise, it'd be a lot easier to just write off people with different ideologies, you know. But yeah, but like you said, Mark, they're doing a lot of good, and, and you can't dismiss that just because you disagree on. Yeah, or because how we see it, like on the 2020 thing, they showed my dad staying with the Rolls Royce. What they didn't know was, is it was not working beat down Rolls Royce that someone gave him that he worked on to try to restore, and then gave to the Shriners Hospital. They didn't talk about that. They just talked about it, made it look like he drove a Rolls Royce. He never drove that damn thing. It was <laughs> yeah. a beater, you know. Um, you know they don't talk about 
him being acquitted off most of the charges. You know, they don't talk about that stuff. Um, we see things through a particular lens, like how we want to see them. You know, Joel Olstein, when I met with him, was very nice, asked for my sister's phone number, and called my sister to see how she was doing. Benny Hen gave my my sister a car when he found out she needed a car. Now, I don't agree with Benny Hen. I think he's crazy, you know? But he did something nice for my family. He did something nice for my sister, who was broke and yet was in desperate need of a vehicle. So, man, I agree with you. There's a lot of great... That's just personal stuff. Not to mention the missions that go on and the water, the fresh water that gets made through conservative and, you know... There's a lot of that goes on in these mega churches doing a lot of great things. And I I hope that that will create a space for us to sit down, a mutual space for us to sit down as a community together yeah. and discuss these things. I mean, that would be the beauty of things, is that if we could sit down with people like Jerry Falwell Jr. and, and uh, what's the guy who's here conservative guy, Piper, you know, and people like that and say, okay, you guys are doing this? Well, we want to do this. When I sat down with Rick Warren's people trying to deal with gay rights and AIDS and stuff, they were talking about all their work in Africa with AIDS. You know? But they were still having a hard time with LGBTQ folks, mm-hmm. which was sad because I was they were sitting across in that, on that table, they were sitting across from a couple of people who had adopted two children from Africa with AIDS. You know, I'm going, we have a lot of common ground here, folks. A lot of, you know, love is doing something here, and we're, we're nitpicking one another to death mm-hmm. and missing the beauty of love. I think a big thing to remember, too, is, you know, when, in the word when he says men, he means all of mankind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it means all people. And in when you were your favorite part here, you know, Galatians 3.26, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. He doesn't say some of you, like you said, it's everyone is, whether they want to believe it or not, they can accept that. But they have to accept it. It's nothing that you can make someone do. Mm. Yeah. So there's no, like you said, differentiator what their preferences are, what they decide to do, whether they want to believe it or not, it's true. Mm. And, and it was radical to say neither Jew nor Gentile. Right. Huh. You know, and, and some say no, no more barbarians or this or that. I mean, Paul at one point goes, they're not sinners by birth like, the, we're not sinners by, when he's talking about being Jewish, he goes, well, they're not sinners by birth like, you know, we're not sinners by birth like those Gentiles. I mean, like, they really doubt, I mean, even Paul. <laughs> Yeah, but they have grace now anyway. It's kind of a beautiful thing. But I'm wrestling with it. I appreciate you pushing back on that because I think it's good. I think it's... I've been really, really... Uh, convicted lately. About how I treat the other and the other being the conservative the Republican. You know. And how I how do I deeply love more? And some of it is, is and I know some people in here disagree with me, some of it has been ignoring certain things. 
waiting on this thing called timing. I don't know if anybody's ever been married before in a relationship, but sometimes there's timing <laughs> to that relationship. And that's a big, pretty big love relationship. So sometimes there's timing with people. And you know, someone's talking about how awful Nancy Pelosi is or whatever. Might not be the time to be like, well, first of all, you're wrong, you son of a gun. And let me tell you, you know, maybe it's just down the road of discussion or private and direct message or things like that. I crave a unified church. And the church is dying. Less people are going to church. And I wish the church could become unified through this point and say, we're dying here, folks. It's, let's try to figure out how to put together, put away our differences or at least not cast one another into hell for our differences. Yeah. I mean, just go study theology. There's, not one theologian is the same. And these guys are so different. All these different theologians, you know, and it's okay. But going to the church I grew up in, one of them would have to be right, and the other ones would all have to be hellbound. Just thoughts on God. We're just human beings trying to think about what God is. Well, thinking about unity, um, it's kind of an abstract concept for me, but I know that Christ said that the way that the world would know that God sent him was that we would be one. And I think the one thing that people can't do is get along. It just seems like whether it's marriage or any type of institution usually ends up or I shouldn't say usually sometimes can't survive because people can't get along. And of all things right now, you're right that we need to be we need to try to find a way to put aside well I need to find a way to put aside my strong feelings about the other yeah, the other part of the church because basically we're not getting along and it's very we're fighting in public <laughs> you know it's so it, we're not at all showing the world that Christ taught us how to and that love overcomes. And the other thing I was going to say is with regard to how you're feeling now, Jamie, I certainly don't have the answers for you, but I, I have to believe that God heard your prayer. And in um, Genesis, it talks about Jehovah, which is the, the breasted God, yeah. the mother God, the nurturer. And I just have to believe that you know, that that longing that you have and that connection that you have with your mother, that there's an element of God that that is like your mother and that can be a source of solace to you. Mm. We love you. Yeah, we love you. Thank you. Ugh, I hate the fact that I feel like I can preach better when I'm in pain. <laughs> <laughs>
I'd rather just be a crappy preacher and feel good. <laughs> None of us would come. Yeah, that would be fun. I should be in a room alone. I feel great. Well, no, you probably have a lot of other people. Yeah. If you ever show up here with five gallons of macaroni and cheese for sale, I'm out of here. Hey, Costco does it. <laughs> My nephew posted the thing on Costco selling the five-gallon buckets of macaroni and cheese. He's like, there's something really familiar about this because he was doing directing for my dad for a little while and he quit I don't know maybe I'll call my dad today seems like a good day maybe give him a call yeah I'm sure the documentary is hitting him pretty hard yeah he texted me and asked me if I survived it and if I was okay and said he didn't watch it he didn't? he did not watch it I'm sure they reached out to him to do it. My thing that drives me crazy, this is kind of off topic, is that he never defends himself. You know? Because I honestly believe, without a doubt, he believes all that stuff. There's no part of me that thinks he's scamming anybody. Like, I think he really thinks that the world's going to end and that it's going to be bad and that we're going to need five-gallon buckets of food to survive. (laughs) all that you know well, the one the one salient point that I thought was beautiful is what Barbara Walters said well how do I know that you're not conning me right now and he said you don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean that takes balls yeah. to be that straightforward you don't Barbara just stick around yeah see what happens so so I think he is coming from his truth the way he yeah because the way he raised me was really honest I mean, right now you're seeing fruits of his Tammy thing. We wouldn't have you without him. So that's, they instilled something in me to not lie. And so I can sit up here and go like, yeah, I'm kind of a heretic. But I keep getting pulled back by love and grace. Mm -hmm. Because my parents nailed love and grace in me. My dad used to end every show with, God loves you, he really does. And my mom would do gay rights parades and lead people, and yes, Jesus loves me. You know, just simple, (laughs) basic, childish love. And after the verdict, she's sang into the microphones on Christ the Solid Rock. I know. Now, there's a lot of people that would say, oh, screw this. You people have hurt us. To hell with you all. And she stands up and says that. Do you know how many times I told them to do that? People would come over to our house that had hurt us, and I said, Dad, tell them to go to hell, and let's just model our lives. He goes, no, son, we forgive people. (laughs) I don't defend myself. It's up to God. Anyway. There's a guy that I work at the O'Reilly Auto Parts on Nicollet Avenue. Yeah. And there's a guy, Reverend Russell, that comes in there. He's always best mood possible. You know, he makes your whole day better. And before he leaves, every time he says, and I love you, and Jesus does too, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, like, I accept that. All right. <laughs> but he can't leave without you feeling better. That's awesome. That's nice. Any burning desires? All right, folks, thank you for a wonderful afterglow. Thank you for a wonderful service. I really appreciate it. Made my day better. Thank you.
Talk to each other before you leave. A post-Christian production.